And thank God for the Holy Spirit, but thank God for Dory, who's been an amazing mentor in my own life. And I know she's planted many seeds. We are all fruits of what you have done here, Dory. And so would you help me? Would you give her an honoring welcome as Dory Mendry comes to speak this morning? Okay. Good morning. Thank you. It's good to be here. After being director of women's ministry for 16 years, and really all I did was follow the Holy Spirit because I didn't know what else to do. So that's all you do. He just tells you what to do, and he'd keep saying to me, I said, Lord, what are we going to do today? And he'd say, I just asked you to prepare a living room for my precious daughters. And so we just had that, that you would all feel loved when you came in. And we prepared a living room for you to come in. And then we just let him do his work. I mean, it just reminded me so much today when the drums started going. Remember how we used to go through the heavenlies and the drums would take us through and it was so exhilarating. It's just good to be here. And thanks for inviting me, Karen. Even though I... You were trained on the job. You didn't need a special day. No, that was the day to fool around. And <laughs> I thought we were really going to fool around today with the title God gave me. But since I heard your title, I feel a lot better. Because today, <laughs> today is who cut your hair. And look at that. That's going to be facelift. Oh, my goodness. God has got a sense of humor. You know, when God gave me the title of Who Cut Your Hair, I went into a restaurant one morning, and I had just got my hair cut, and some old man hollered at me and said, did somebody cut your hair with a lawnmower? <laughs> no, it's funny. It's funny. You laugh. That's my sense of humor. I'm not easily hurt by that stuff. I like it. It's fun. I probably said, well, it's better than not having any. <laughs> it's someone I can talk that way with, so it's okay. But I thought, so much with hair. And then I would, uh, people would say, what are you going to talk about? And I said, well, I'm going to talk about who cut your hair. And, and then they said, well, where are you going with that? And then they'd say, well, that's a far stretch. I thought, God... How are they going to understand what this is? I got to know they're going to understand this. So last night, the last minute, my daughter-in-law invited me over for dinner with their family. And um, so the little girl, 12 years old, said, so, Grandma, what are you talking about tomorrow? I said, I'm talking about who cuts your hair. She said, oh, Samson? No, um, Absalom? <laughs> Yeah, he hung in a tree, didn't he? His hair probably got taken off. No. She said, well, tell me a little more. I said, okay. Well, I can't tell you guys. Then you're going to know. But she got it. And I was so excited. I stood up at the dinner table and said, yes, she got it. They're going to understand. I'm so glad. Let's pray. Father, thank you. We love you so much. We're so glad that we're your precious daughters and that you just love us. You chase us. You pursue us with your love. And um, surely goodness 
and your unfailing love will pursue us all the days of our life. And we thank you for that. God, I ask today that you'll lift every woman's spirits today, that they won't, they won't leave feeling the same way, that if they've become negative and complaining because life is hard, and yes, it is, some days it is hard, I pray that you'll lift that so that they don't prophesy negativity and complaining anymore, and you'll bring it to praise and to giving the situation to you and trusting you with it and love filling our hearts. And we just thank you that we're in a changing room. We are in a changing room, and we thank you for touching us on the inside. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so who cuts your hair? Okay, so if you see somebody's hair that you really like, you go and you look at them. <laughs> I don't know. But <laughs> who cuts your hair? <laughs> Your daughter cuts it? How old is she? <laughs> I like your hair. I want to go where you get it cut. Who cut? Your daughter cuts it. So I need to meet your daughter because I want to look like you. Well, maybe I'll go to somebody else. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Stand up so they can all see your hair. What do you think? <laughs> oh my goodness okay so I don't care really about her hair but I do care about who cuts it I want to know who cuts it it's just like if there's a beautiful picture I like the picture and it's good, but I want to know who painted that picture. And I want to meet the person who did that. And so she's, she's got her hair looking like this. And I'm liking it. And I'm going to go over to where that person is who cuts hair and I'm going to go and I'm going to sit in that seat till she has me looking like her. Okay, the little gal, where are you, my dear, that I said, come up to my chair. Yeah, right there. Come on up. All right, she's going to go and find the beauty operator. I am the beauty operator. You may sit down and we're going to cut your hair today to make you look very beautiful. And because we like, we like flowing hair and we like the color of her hair. And what else do we like about people's hair? The color, highlights, what? Curls, a flowing hair, the style. Okay, so we do want that. So you have come to the beautician who has styled our friend's hair. So, we're going to start. <laughs> oh, you're gonna look different. <laughs> okay, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. I don't think you should do it that way. You don't think I should do it that way? Well, wait a minute, you came and sat in my seat. You wanted to look like her, and here you are. Now you're telling me what to do. Okay, well, too bad. 
Take a look at it in the mirror. Do you like it? You think it's terrible. I think you should do it my way. I like the way it looks. The way I do it. All right. You may go back to your seat. <laughs> you say, where can I reach that person? I want to reach him. Do you have a number? Where can I meet him? And you find out all the information, and you go, and you find that the other gal sat in the seat and got her hair looking the way it was. And we find the hairdresser, the beauty operator. He's going to operate on our beauty. And, he come, and they come and sit, and they say, well, I came to you because I liked somebody else's thing and how they looked. But you know what? I'm not going to let you do it that way. I want to do some things my own way. I like to be in control of how I look. Well, you came because you liked what I did. You liked how I remade this person. And I did something special. And you got in my chair, and you refused what I wanted to do, and you kept, you just want to do the same thing. You don't want to change. So we like the hair, but the person who comes to that hairdresser needs to be able to say, do what you want. If you came because of what you saw, do what you want. I will come to the chair and sit quietly and let you work on me. Please do what you want. I'll take the time. I'll sit here. I'll let you work on me. Then you get a person that says, wait. It's not exactly like hers. I came to look like her. Honey, I will never cut somebody's hair the same as someone else because you're all different. Your face is different shape than hers. How can I do it exactly the same? No two people are alike. You all have a little different, um, your hair is a different texture and you're different, and I can't do it the same. I know you want me to do it like hers, and it attracted you to me, but I can't make you the same as her. 2 Corinthians 10, 12 says, if you compare yourself with someone else, you're not wise. So I can't be like her. I can't look exactly like her. Because the one who's working on me knows what's best for me and knows what's best for my face, for my features, for, for my hair texture. But we need to sit in the chair and say, go ahead. Go ahead. Do what's best for me. With the timing, 
and everything else. I'm just going to sit here and give you my time. And according to my face shape or whatever, just do what you want to do. Because I know you didn't, we're not alike. Nobody is alike. So, let's look at the salon again. Where can I find your hairdresser? Well, James 4, verse 8 says, draw near to him and he will draw near to you. And all of a sudden, the hairdresser becomes Jesus. And we can get to that man who will change our lives and say, I will draw near to you and I know you will draw near to me. Here's the beginning of the relationship. I see something I like. I see something, and I want to know who that person is, and I'm going to go running to them. And I'm going to sit in their seat, and I'm going to quietly sit there. Um, he says in Psalm 91, 15, call upon me, and I will answer you. So I know I can start a relationship with this person. I called upon him. I made an appointment. I drew near to him. And he's, he will answer my prayer. Maybe not in the timing you want. Maybe not exactly like you want because he's got a better way. Because he knows all of us. He won't do all of our hair the same. He won't treat us all the same. He won't work it out all the same because he's got a lot of things to work with. I remember one time when I just asked him to help me with something, and um, it took an 86-year-old woman to call me for dinner. It took him moving in a couple to get them in the same restaurant I was going to be in. It took her recognizing me and coming back and talking to me, and then he was the answer to the prayer. But God has things to line up. God has things to teach us in the middle of it. But learn how to trust your beauty operator. Jesus is the one that makes you beautiful. He's the one that changes us. But we want to be sure we draw near to him and then that we're willing to call upon him because he will answer us. And I know some of you say, well, he hasn't been answering me very much. He does answer you. Don't drop your faith off, you know, to... Get over to St. Ignace from the lower Michigan. you got to take a bridge. Your faith will cover you till you get there. Don't jump into Lake Michigan or Huron, both of them. Don't, don't jump in there and quit believing and say, well, I don't see God doing it for me. That attitude is a tough one because that stops your faith from working, and it also just says, God, I'm not sure I believe you. I don't think you're big enough to take care of this problem. Wow, that's like slapping in space. We got to keep believing, girls, and hang on, and know I'm going to draw near to him, and I'm not going to leave him. I'm going to call upon him, and he's going to answer my prayer. He will answer your prayer. Don't give up. Don't give up. Then you go to him and you sit in this chair and you let him, not like her, you let him 
be the beauty operator and work on your life. Don't pull from underneath. She, she could have gotten up and just walked off. And I think sometimes we do that with our attitudes. <laughs> okay, this didn't work. All right. I'm not going to pay any attention to that anymore. What? How long are we willing to sit there and say, Lord, work it out according to your way? You've got a way and a timing, and the people that are there, um, you're there. You know how to do it. God, I trust you. I'm not throwing my trust away. I'm not throwing my faith away. I saw something that was beautiful that you did, and I'm going to come running to you, and I'm not going to let it go till I see the answer. So you're going to sit in the chair and wait for him to work. You're going to surrender your will to that beauty operator and say, okay, just do this. About two months ago, I went to a beauty operator, and he said, we're going to do something different today. And I said, oh, man, really? Really? See, you scare me. He says, no, we're going to do something different today. And he starts going, oh, this is so exciting. I can't stand this. This is so good. He was so excited because I said, just do it. Whatever, just do it. Can't you see how happy God must be when we surrender to him? And we say, just do it, Lord. Just do it your way. I'm just going to love. And you just do it your way. Whatever. So don't ever forget the beauty operator's chair, that you're going to sit there, and that signifying surrendering to that beauty operator's will, which I had to do. And then I go to the restaurant, and they say, who cut your hair with a lawnmower? <laughs> so maybe I shouldn't have surrendered. So anyway, we go to him, we sit down, we take time with him, and we let him be our beauty operator. I love that name. So we have to let all of our rebellion go, all of our know-it-all go, <laughs> and just submit and surrender to him. And I just love, I got to read this. Here it is. I got so many different translations here, but I love this because you know what, you guys? It's just a love relationship. It is a love relationship with Jesus. And I love Song of Sol Solomon, chapter 5. And um, this is the little Shulamite woman. This is what she says. I sleep, but my heart wakes up. It's the voice of my beloved that knocketh. He says, come on, open to me, my sister, my love, my dove my undefiled, and then my beloved put his hand by the hole of the door, and my heart yearned for him. So she rose up, and she opened the door, but my beloved had withdrawn himself and was gone. My soul failed when he spoke. But I sought him, and I could not find him. And then she ran into a bunch of women that were watchmen out on the street when she was looking for him. And in verse 8, it says, I charge you, O daughters of Jerusalem, if you find my beloved, 
tell him that I am lovesick. Can you tell when the Lord just calls you to himself? Can you just realize how lovesick you are for him? Lovesick to be with him. Because he loves. In chapter 2, I think it says, he looks through the lattice in the window at her and loves her. He's looking at you, and he loves you. And if we don't respond, he must just kind of think, I don't know, maybe they don't want me today or want me in their life today. But then you chase them because you're lovesick for them. Psalm 17, 15 says, as for me, I will see your face in righteousness. I will be satisfied when I awaken in your likeness. The whole process of life is getting to look more like Jesus, that we give more of ourselves to him. And it says, I will be satisfied. We walk through life not satisfied. We don't know we're righteous, it says in Isaiah, then you're not satisfied and contented. You got to know that, that you have that breastplate of righteousness on. But it says, I'm going to be satisfied when I awaken in your likeness. We'll look like our Redeemer. Your face will change. It will shine. And you know, we say, who cuts your hair? I love the way it looks. But how about who changed your life? Why do I see so many sweet things coming out of your mouth? Why do I see you with so much self-control? Who is your redeemer? I know you didn't just become like that. Who did this for you? So as much as you say, who cut your hair? Say, who changed your life? Karen, who gave you that life inside? Who brought that sunlight out on your face? Who made you not feel guilty for sin? How did you get over all that? Who is your redeemer? And that is what we want, everyone that meets us to say, who is your redeemer? It's more important than who cut your hair, but it's beauty in both places. He's he sees people see something that's sweet and they'll say, who's your redeemer? Who caused you to change? Who caused you to act so different? You used to be so mean. You used to say terrible things. You don't do that anymore. Who is it? Who is it? Teach me. Tell me. Who is it? And where can I find him? Who forgave all of your sins? How can you walk through life without any guilt? How many women here, I don't raise your hand, don't have any guilt ever for anything? Jesus takes away that guilt, and people walk through life heavy, depressed, because of guilt in their life. He takes shame away. Who helps you in time of loss and takes the grief away and gives you joy again? Who restores your emotions? We may go through times where there's a depression and you kind of flatline like an EKG, only emotionally you flatline. But who restores that? 
Who is your beauty operator for the inside of you? What are others saying? Why you are like you are? You can pick Christians out anywhere, people. You travel, you can pick Christians out. There'll be ones with brightness in their eyes and some joy on their, in their personality. Where did you get that confidence all of a sudden? You used to be so insecure. Where did you get that confidence? You're not insecure anymore. You feel so clean. What made you so clean? Who cleansed you? Well, his blood did. Who healed you? Who gave you the power of the Holy Spirit? Wow, this beauty operator is worth meeting. He gives you the power of the Spirit. He gives you beauty. He makes you beauty. He gives you all of the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, long-suffering, self-control, and all those good things, patience. Who teaches you how to live? How come you aren't full of a whole bunch of bitterness? How come you're not full of all that unforgiveness? A lot of people in the world are. I have met so many people lately who let unforgiveness from years ago literally, literally direct their way. It, di it directs your way. It will keep you from gathering with certain people. It will keep you from going to certain restaurants because somebody in that place said something bad for you or to you. I saw that happening in a restaurant, so I said to the one, I said, you know, you wouldn't be mad at that person if you'd take care of it. And um, he says, I'm not taking care of it. I said, do you mind if I do? <laughs> he says, no. So I went to the back of the restaurant, and I sat down, and I talked to that person. And I said, do you realize what's, oh, I didn't even have to say it. He came up with it and said what was, what was going on. And I said, how long are you going to let that go on? What are you going to do? He says, well, help me understand. So I helped him understand why the other one was mad at him. And he said, I had no idea. I am so sorry. I will never do that again. And so I went and sat in a different booth, and that man walked up to the other man. He bent down to him, and he said, I'm so sorry I have been doing what I was doing. Please forgive me. I will not do it anymore. Talk about it. Is there somebody you need to talk to about who you're mad at? Jesus forgives us, and we can forgive other people. We don't have to be bitter. We don't have to be angry. It says in the Bible to release that anger and bitterness before it takes root, because you get gypped out of the grace of God. We have to let it go. And it's our choice, just like it was her choice not to let me work on her. We're doing the same thing to God. It's my choice not to let him work on me. If I don't want to do it his way, I'm not letting him work on me. I'm not letting him make me beautiful on the inside. I'm saying, no, no, 
Um, they hurt me too bad, and I'm not about to put up with that. I'm not going to do it. Well, you guys, we're in the kingdom of God. We've been brought from the power of darkness into the kingdom of his dear son. We are able to do something different in this kingdom. We can do what Jesus did for us and pass that on to other people. So don't let your days be wasted. Don't let your days be wasted. I have a poem here I want to read to you because every day um, you are... You have an opportunity to do that. Maybe I won't read it. I didn't think I put it back this far. It says, it's up to you. God gave you this day to do just as you would. You can throw it away or you can do some good. You can make someone happy or make someone sad. You'll do that with your words, right? What have you done with the day that you've had? God gave it to you to do just as you would. You can do what is wicked or you can do what's good. You can hand out a smile or just give them a frown. Yeah, act like you're mad. Let them know. Punish them. You can lift someone up or you can push someone down. You can lighten some load or some progress impede. You can look for a rose or maybe just a weed. What did you do with your beautiful day? God gave it to you. Did you throw it away? So think about who your Redeemer is, how he's changed your life. If we don't take care of the things that are in our life that are not right, we have a chance of throwing that day away because we won't react in love. We could add more anger to a situation or let a person know we're never forgiven them. I mean, think about you have everything for life and godliness that Jesus gave us. Can you believe he chose to live in us? He chose and made it that he would come and live inside us. And then he would deposit his Holy Spirit in us. That's why we're the temple of the Holy Ghost. So we need to let the beauty operator make us beautiful inside and out. He equipped us with the Holy Spirit if we yield to him. He redeems our life from destruction. He has the power to heal your broken heart. I, can you hear someone say, how do you become so kind? So kind. Those things touch people. Someone went to the hospital for surgery this week, and she says the biggest thing was, my doctor was so kind. And then he asked if I, he could pray before we went in. And he said, Lord, you know I need you to do this. I ask you to do the surgery through me. She says, I'm not used to such kindness. She was touched by the love of God. The beauty operator, Holy Spirit, had been at work in that man's life. And she was touched by it. He gives us peace, joy, self-control, patience, gentleness, he makes you that way because of what he put inside us. 
Who is your redeemer? Who makes you act good? Not you. He does. And then he wants to love others through you. Yesterday I had a heart appointment. And the Holy Spirit said, just pour on love, that's all. Because sometimes people are in the hole that they're in. It's because they really don't know they're loved. And they really don't love themselves. And they want to commit suicide because they don't believe they're worth it to live. And so let God pour love on others. Try it for a whole day, a whole week, or whatever. Pour love on your kids. Write them little notes that let them know how special they are. I still do that. If my kids both play on the worship team one Sunday, I'll jot a note. Good job. Thanks for being here. Whatever. You can, you can encourage because the Holy Spirit will do that for you, and he wants to love through you. We don't do these things by help from the world. <laughs> it is only the help that we get from God. So who's your redeemer? You should make somebody say, I want to go to him. How many times have someone said, you know what? I see the way you live, and I really want that. I really want to go to your hairdresser. I want to go to the one who is your beauty operator and changes insides. Can he really take my guilt away, even for an abortion? Uh-huh. He didn't die on the cross and say, all right, this blood is all being shed for everything but an abortion. Or you killed somebody. This blood is being shed for everybody except if you killed somebody. Well, then Paul does not have a chance to get saved. Paul killed all the Christians, and that was forgiven. David committed adultery, killed her husband. It's forgiven. So if any of you are hounded by some old sin, get rid of it, because Jesus paid for it. Go to your inside beauty operator and let him take that out. He'll take your guilt away. He'll never condemn you. He has compassion and love for you. And you can know everything is forgiven. Fear is gone. I haven't given you a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. He changes our lives. Psalm 13, verse 5 and 6 says, I'm going to sing because he rescued me. Let him get in your insides and rescue you. It says in Psalm 103, he redeemed our life from destruction. Yay! I'm so glad he didn't let us be destroyed. Jesus changes us totally. He made you able to live this life victoriously and takes all your shame away. You know, I was thinking, your hair shows who cares for it. And your life shows who cares for you.
He's so good to us. You're his kid. You're his kid. You're his kid. You know, if, if your daughter, who is maybe 23 years old or whatever, and um, running around did something bad, and you say, I, I just can't love her because she did that. Wait a minute. This is your daughter? There's a picture of her on your dresser? And she did something you don't like? And you don't like her anymore? And then you think, wait a minute. Jesus has a picture of me on his dresser. And I'm his daughter. And he doesn't ever not like me. He likes me because I'm his daughter. I'm in his family. He loves you, ladies. There's a picture of you on his dresser. Just like your daughter might be on your dresser. You love her because she's yours. He loves us because we're his. Your life shows who cares for you. People should be asking us, who changed your life? I see it. What happened to you? The kingdom of God is in you. It says in, I think it's Luke eleven twenty. If I with the finger of God cast out a devil, the kingdom of God has come to you. When someone's healed, the kingdom of God has come to you. When someone's delivered, the kingdom of God. You've been touched by the kingdom of God, not by the kingdom of this world. Who's your redeemer? Who is your redeemer? Somebody might say, I notice in your family you're so forgiving. As soon as something happens, even your kids run up to each other and say, forgive me, that was wrong. <laughs> I remember one day, one of my grandkids was bugging another one. And mother said, um, can you tell me how it is that you treat a brother or sister? And the kid thinks for a minute. He says, yes, I'm an encourager. I just want to tell you I want to encourage you today. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's so cute that they can switch, and we can switch. We can switch from just getting on something or on somebody or whatever. Or like this kid said, yeah, I'm supposed to be an encourager to my brothers and sisters. And people see that in your family. How do you encourage each other all the time? Girls, these signs shall follow those who believe in my name. They're going to cast out devils. They're going to speak in new tongues. And they're going to lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. You know what? We just need to be obedient. Yesterday, as I was praying for somebody, my left hand got really hot, and I had it on his shoulder, and I, I thought, 
man, this isn't what we're here for. But I said, something happened to your shoulder? My hand is so hot. He says, yeah. He says, I have constant pain. And Jesus healed it just like that. Didn't even know what it was. Didn't even know. Just recognized there was heat of the Holy Spirit there. And there's not always. But this is you in this world. This is you. You go to the beauty shop to get beautiful on the outside. You can attract them because you look good. And you know what? People like fish like live fish. And people like people who are alive. I mean, the big fish eat the live fish. They don't like those plastic worms. They will eat them. They love them. And so somebody in this world sees somebody alive with Jesus, they're going to want to eat you. They're going to want to find out what's going on in your life. Oh, these signs shall follow those who believe. My, don't get so busy with things in this world and things that are preoccupying at home so that you forget the kingdom of God is inside you and you've got it to distribute that day. Man, we need to care about the souls of others. Don't be afraid of other people. Don't be afraid of drug addicts. Don't be afraid of homosexuals. Don't be afraid of them. Dare to walk up to them and love them and give them the same love that you would give anybody else. Oh, yeah. Um, I could go there, but I won't. Uh, it's, it's just so good to uh, just go up to a, a drug kid. You know what? They've got a calling. You get a drug dealer, and you've got a good businessman. Yeah. They know how to take care of accounts receivable and whatever. <laughs> and so we need to get them on the right road. It's, it's so exciting because they're just hurting. I, I remember one time I just said, man, kid, you're filling your life with the wrong stuff. And um, he says, what do you mean? I said, well, you're looking into for the, in the bottle for an answer, and you're looking in a, at a drug for an answer to dull the pain in your heart. And he started to cry and told me all the stuff that had happened in his life. And it was totally amazing that if you just show some interest and you're not afraid of them, I had uh, a drug dealer living on one side of me one time, and he was just the biggest liar you ever saw. And they usually are because drug dealers have to lie to do their stuff. And if you deceive others, you get deceived yourselves. But anyway, he would just, he, he would go around the neighborhood, say, I need 100 bucks, my car broke down. And then he'd go to another neighbor, I need 100 bucks, my car broke down. And he'd be lying. He wanted more money for drugs. Well, just before he moved, he, he came over and he said, I just want you to know I've asked all the neighbors for 100 bucks for my car breaking down. He says, but I would head toward your house and I couldn't walk on your property. <laughs> yes, God will have protection for you. You don't have to be afraid of them. They ought to be afraid of you. The kingdom of God is coming at them to set them free and get those devils out of there that try to destroy somebody else's life. Don't let them destroy their life. Step out and let them know who God is. Let them know the Lord is your shepherd and you shall not want. You're so content. You're so settled. You're so satisfied because you know who your redeemer is. You know what? God put you in your mother's womb for this day. You're living for a purpose. You girls were all different ages. I can touch different people than you do. 
I'll go after the um, drug addicts and the, um, well, gang members or something. <laughs> but the rest of them I won't mess with. <laughs> I just know they need God so bad that it takes all the fear away. It's like, what are you talking about? You know that's a lie. What do you mean? Man, that isn't true. You're getting ripped off. Do you know you're getting ripped off by Satan? Do you know it? And they'll say, yeah, I'm sorry. I always wanted to, whatever, whatever. So I was in this house one day doing that to somebody. And then a lady came, a girl came while I was there. And quarter to 11 at night, somebody knocks on my door. And it's her. She says, I was going to Teen Challenge tomorrow. She could be here for all I know. I was going to Teen Challenge tomorrow. And my mother bought me a lot of new clothes. And I went and sold them. And I just bought a bunch of drugs. And I'm on a bike. And I can't see to ride home. Can I, can I just sit at your house while my drug wears off. I said, oh, sure, come on in. <laughs> so I talked to her about Jesus, and she looks at me. She says, isn't it kind of strange to be talking about Jesus when I'm out on drugs? I said, no, he's the only one that can bring you out of it. She says, well, you got bugs coming out of your carpet, <laughs> you know, because they see all this kind of stuff. So, okay, just laugh with them. You know, there they are. I've already had people ask me to pull fish out of their nose. So it doesn't matter. It, the whole thing is that's a soul, and you want that soul to be saved and not go to hell and come to Jesus, and it makes you mad when the devil does that and destroys their life through that kind of stuff. So... When the kingdom of God is in you and you've been touched by the beauty operator on your inside, God calls you to be a witness for him and to walk in his power. There's no disappointment when you come to Jesus. We draw to him. We're willing to do what he wants. Um, be aware of what God is doing in your life today. Don't get so caught up with everything in the world that you ha don't have time to come and sit in his chair. So I haven't been there for a long time. I haven't read the word for a long time. You're called to represent him in this life, and you need the word for the constant cleansing to carry you on so that you can do what you're called to do and you can hear the Holy Spirit's voice. So you say, well, um, he does a good work. He does a good work through you. And I want to close down because I want to pray for some people. Um, as a daughter of God, what are you telling the world that Jesus is like? What does your marriage look like? Are you showing the world how to communicate with each other by caring for each other? My husband always said, you give 100% and I'll give 100%, and then there's not problems. You need to be willing to give the 100% and not sit there and say, well, why don't you do more for me? Or why don't you do that? Why don't you do that? Let's not be complainers and gripers. It always causes trouble. So try giving 100% this week in your marriage, and you will have beauty on the inside and on the outside. Wonder if we're the only gospel the unbelievers read. Wonder if we are the only one. His grace enables us to live right. And you know, it says, um, um, I'm not going to do any more. It, it says that, that we are letters to be read by all men. What are they reading when they look at your life? You want to flip 2 Corinthians 2, 5 up? 
Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves, but our sufficiency is of God, who made us, oh, and sixth, who made us able ministers of the New Testament in spirit, and that brings life. You don't have to worry about knowing how to do it. It's like I never know what the Holy Spirit's going to do. I don't have sufficiency of myself. None of us do. You don't have sufficiency of ourselves. Well, that's crazy. I wonder what it was. Okay, don't even look at what I wrote down. <laughs> oh, I bet God won't use me anymore. I made a mistake. Don't get down on yourself when stuff happens. Who cares? So let me read it again. You guys can go home and find it. <laughs> Not that we are sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves. You don't have to think you're great to do some stuff. Who, sufficient of ourselves to think anything of ourselves. But our sufficiency is from God. He made us to be able ministers of the New Testament in spirit. And it brings life. You will bring life to other people. Um, you know, I have a prayer thing God showed me. I don't know why I always have too much. I guess I spend too much time trying to get the right thing. And, <laughs> but I, you know, if you sit there a long time, you get too much. I sat in that chair a long time. <laughs> Every time you go to the um, beauty shop, I want you to remember you have a beauty operator behind you who's working on you and you are being nice and you're surrendering to what they do. So be willing to sit in God's chair this week, read the word, talk to him and be willing to surrender all to him and to do it his way. While I was studying, God was showing me some things and he said, sometime women get, get caught in things that they're doing that they don't want anybody to know. And some who don't want to read the word, it's because there's a little pebble of guilt down in there, and they almost feel like they're scared to read the word because it might show them something, convict them of something, or they don't feel worthy to do it. So... He wants to go as your beauty operator. He wants to go inside and have you recognize something that might be holding you back a little bit. And to let that operator work on you, be willing to give it up. I'll give up the old hairstyle, okay. Be willing to give up what's there and let him do a work in there. I'm not going to ask you who you are or what you're doing. After I read these off, I'll give you a chance to come forward. And if there's anything else that's bugging inside, we want you free of that today so that you exemplify the love of God to other people. And they'll say, who's your redeemer? Who is your redeemer? I can't believe what he did to your life. Who is your redeemer? Number one, shoplifting. 
And it's not because you don't have the money. It's a habit. It's an entitlement. I can do this. And he even said that someone likes to go through the self-checkout and um, go through and lay something up, but it's not scanning with a code, and then you set it over here, but you'll end up not paying for it. So it's a trick of the enemy to hold you back from walking with God. No condemnation, no guilt. He wants to set you free of it. Another one is um, lying. This week, you have lied to your husband, and you have lied to your friends. And God will help you stop the habit. Someone else uh, stealing affection from other people's husbands. You enjoy being hugged by him? I'm sorry. I'm, I'm smiling because when my husband passed away three years ago, all of a sudden, all the couples that we ever hung around with, all the men quit hugging me. <laughs> and we would always greet them and hug them, you know? Well, whatever, whatever. Women don't like their husbands to be stolen from with hugs to other women. Believe me, it shows up at that time. One of my friends, I said it to her, and she's, oh, yeah. She says, I went out the other day with a couple, and the couple, was, the woman says, thank you for not, um, not hugging my husband and, and flirting with him. She says, what? I'm not interested in your husband. So anyway, other women don't like it, girls. So if you're stealing affection from someone, you um, might want to think that through. And this one is just something not, not bad, a little trivial, but God wants to tune something up. I don't know what it is. And it's your homeschool, and um, you're feeling a little guilty for the amount of time you actually homeschool. And God's just saying he's going to help you. He's going to help you divide your time so that the kids get their proper education. And he knows you care about it. It's not that you're just a flippant mother and saying, well, I don't really care. I'm going to do my own thing, and they can just learn it from the book or whatever. I don't have to help. There's somebody that needs help, and God just wants you willing to help them. And then um, there, were, there were several that unforgiveness, and a long time ago, not even recently. Some might be recent, but a long time ago, even the dad, and God just wants it taken care of so he can be your beauty operator and he can make you beautiful. And you might end up feeling, because of some of these hidden things, insecure, feeling, how can God really like me? And you really don't want to read the word and pray because that could be convicting. So you're indirectly running from God instead of coming to the chair and letting him work on you and running to him, drawing near to him so he can draw near to you. And sometimes things are going on inside and you say, I'd rather be a loner than have a friend 
I've been rejected so much in my life, and I don't want to be rejected anymore. I hate that feeling. And so it's not safe to be a loner. You need people around you. God wants to take care of these things and any other things today, and I'm just going to ask you to come forward, and I'm just going to go down the line quickly. I'm not going to ask you what it is, what it was, if it was something I mentioned or something else, but God wants you to be a beautiful woman inside and out, and he has all the power to do that for you. We are supernatural people that serve a supernatural God. Thanks so much for coming to the beauty parlor today.